Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I announced on Sunday um, the focus for the month. Um, can you put number four? Um, and it's, it's called Alignment with the God of All Power. And um, I wanted to just reiterate it a little bit more in detail. God told me today that it's an alignment for your assignment. I like the little play on words that he has, don't you? I want you to say to your neighbor, I have a world-changing destiny. Say it with a little more conviction. Part of the alignment process is because we get out of alignment with systems that we believe. I always like to use our walk as with a car analogy. And does anybody have a car? Does, does any of your cars have wheels? Well, those wheels, whether you know it or not, they're in what they call they're in alignment. Have you ever, anybody ever driven a car out of alignment? Oh, yes. Look at how many people have. What does that feel like? There's all kinds of different things that you're demonstrating right now. And that's what it's like when my life is out of alignment with his power. That the things that he said were easy or hard. And the things that he told me to believe, I can't. The ways that he told me to act on the earth, I don't because I'm out of alignment. And realignment's not hard. Thank you, Phil. Realignment, Cheryl gave me the silent. Realignment's not hard, but it has to be intentional. You know, you can drive that car limping along, right? And it does eventually do other damage. And that's what happens to our lives when we stay constantly out of alignment. And so we can't be out of alignment with how he made us, about even what personality we have, what spiritual gifts we have. We can't be out of alignment with these things. And so I wanted to just briefly talk to us. And I gave, I've got seven steps of alignment. Um. The scripture that he gave us, and I would encourage any of you who can to um, memorize it. It's Ephesians three seventeen through 20. This is my prayer for you this month, that I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled 
to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and He'll exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. I want that. Do you want that? Do you want that? Do you want that? When you think about alignment, it's a position of agreement or alliance in a correct and appropriate appropriate position. So a position of agreement in a relatively appropriate position. Right? So everything that God has for us comes from my agreement with it. Right? Everything. He has everything I need. He made me specifically for this time. He gave me a specific assignment. He wants me to align my heart with his assignment. Now, listen, it doesn't matter if you're sitting next to somebody that could care less about this. You can care. You can decide tonight that this is going to be what you do with your life. You're going to align with his power. I talked about dunamis power on Sunday and... Trust me, you need it. The way that I have this power is through the alignment of my heart. There's other words we could put there. Abiding, yielding. All those have to do with me positioning my heart rightly with Him. He has all the stuff. Uh I have nothing. It just seems like a no-brainer to me. (laughs) He has all the stuff. I have nothing. Right? If I, if I worship Him just for the stuff, I still have nothing. If I worship Him for who He is, He's God supreme. He's the maker of everything. Worthy of worship because I have breath. Right? Not because of what He'll do for me. Not because he'll give me a purpose. But see, my proper motive to do things with God actually restores something to me that then everything I do comes out of the right motive. And see, that right motive is alignment. If I don't have things in my heart aligned, then the things of God are odd. Right? Because he'll tell me to give out of my need. That makes no sense to me. But he knows that giving is the activation, whether it be time, money, resources, is the activation of receiving. See, my, what is the term I've been saying lately? I can't remember it. No, the guy, the name, of the, never mind. Anyway, if I just, if I restrict him, it's because I'm restricting him by what I believe, right? I'll think of it in a minute. Um, alignment also has to do with adjusting something so it's in its right place. Now, see, God can't adjust. It's impossible for God to adjust. This is a really good thing. So if something's not working the way the Word says it should work, it might offend you when I say you're not doing it good. 
It might offend us when I say all sicknesses of the devil. So if I'm sick, that sickness is of the devil. I know we want sympathy and pills and that we get, can get all that. We can go to the doctor and get all that. But if I go to him, he's going to teach me how to heal. I might be offended that something got sick and I might want to create a new shrine to something. But at the end of the day, it's actually about doing it his way. Right? Don't be offended at me. I'm just telling you what the book says. Right? I, everyone's intention trying to learn how to do what the Bible says we can do. Everyone's intention. Right? Anyone that's a Christian that, right, that wants to walk in the supernatural is intention trying to get it to work right. Like I got this big honker machine gun and I'm blowing everything up, but the right stuff, just shooting my friends and family as opposed to shooting the devil. Has anyone ever done that before? So that's, it's out of alignment. God said it. That means I can do it. Right? Don't be offended at the messenger. Right? Remember what I said Sunday? Or last Wednesday, whenever it was, that when the disciples couldn't cast out the the, in, the demon, what did they do? They ask, why not? They asked the right question. Why can't we do this? They didn't just say, oh, poor me. Right? You do it, Jesus. See, that's what we do. Come on, let's be honest. If it doesn't work, I say, you do it, Jesus. Right? I spent a lot more time talking to Jesus about getting me out of my pain than actually performing with his power. Performing is probably not a good word for some of y'all, but yeah. operating. Yeah. I don't know. Everything I'm saying tonight is probably offensive. So we're doing alignment this month. We're going to be sending out words uh, that have to do with these seven projected alignments. All right. So I'm going to go through them kind of quick because my time is short. The first one is Gratitude. Now, what is real gratitude? Listen, I, I am really grateful at being grateful. Right? Like, it's a privilege that His presence came into this room tonight. He didn't have to come. And if He came based on how good I am, He couldn't come. He came because of hunger. I can tell you that he came because of hunger. You may not be hungry, so he didn't come because of your hunger. But I can tell you that Shooty's hungry. If nobody else is hungry, I know he would come for her. I'm going to make sure I'm hungry. I don't know about you, because I don't want to miss it. And I didn't come here to check in with whether or not I felt like worshiping. Right. Remember that story Bill Johnson said that um, he went hunting with a friend of his who had dogs that hunted. They're called hunting dogs, I think. Aren't they? Or something? And he would say that there would be one dog that would get wind, smell. You know, dogs have incredible smells. I have some, some, a bunch of dog stories to tell you today, but we don't have time, clearly. So this is my, maybe my one story tonight. So listen good. It's not even my story. But that one dog would go what they call on point. 
Have you ever seen a dog, a hunting dog on point? And it said it didn't matter how many other dogs there were, whether they smelt it or not, they all would go on point. Right? right. That's what worship should be like. Whether or not you're feeling it, whether or not you're getting the... See, I got, I got right now, I got the cold leg. I got the... If you look at my body, I got goose skin all over my entire body right now. Whether you got that or not, something's happening up here. It does, right? It's just time to go on point. And see, the true worshiper knows that something's happening. It may be, it may be just hadn't passed on back to the back row yet. But it's not like it's not in the room. Right? You know, the level and amount of gratefulness determines my spiritual attitude and altitude. How are you how do you become grateful? I just try to find every tiny thing I can. I saw a little tiny wren finch 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 friend friend bird with a red head and I just went into gratefulness because I saw a red-headed bird. I don't know why. I don't know what's going to happen with the red-headed bird, right? But then in the next minute, and CC, she loves birds, and she put one of those little see-through birdhouses. But, you know, we have two dogs that are trying to keep the birds out of the yard, so it's kind of a, it's working against itself. But the little red-headed bird came and ate of her bird feed. Now, see, I'm just grateful for that because I know how much she loves birds. So I got her a little see-through birdhouse so she could see them sitting there eating. That's gratefulness. The smallest things to somebody gave me $10,000 today. So, but it's the same. It's the same. The red-headed bird. See, because it's all from him. And see... That gratefulness, I would have nothing. I've been when I had nothing. I've been when I didn't have a thing to eat. I've been starving. I've been where I had nothing but a banana. I've been without. And so whether we have a lot or we have nothing, it's the same gratefulness. It's the same God. It's the same action of my heart. And I assure you, if you're in a lean season, you won't be in an abundant season without gratefulness. Did you know, I know this is really hard to understand, but every place in our life has to go through lean and abundance. You just have to. Okay? I could preach on Isaiah 43, but there's usually three seasons in our lives where we go through whatever, hard things, lean things, whatever. It's not about being nervous. It's not about acting like God doesn't exist. I don't have time to spend all this on this. But anyway, know your why for your gratefulness. That's part two of being having gratitude. I have this great scripture. Since we're receiving our rights, Hebrews 12, 28. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom. What does that mean if you have rights to it? You get to do anything in it you want. In this kingdom of God, right? Did you understand that God is trying to meet the desires of your heart? When I delight in Him, 
He wants to meet the desires of my heart. By the time you go through the delighting part, you're like, I don't even care if I have any desires met. Anybody been there yet? And then he says, no, ask me anything. You're like, I I lost all the anythings. In the delight phase, you are it. And he's like, no, please, I want to do it. I want to do it just for you because you're faithful. You're receiving the rights to an unshakable kingdom. We should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender filled with awe. For God is a holy devouring fire. Why does he need to be fire? Why can't he just be a cool wind? What's he burning up? All the stuff that's not holy. Right? You want that. I know it feels scary, but you want that. So obviously, this thankfulness leads to pure worship, leads to absolute surrender, leads to a life filled with awe, and it leads us into this holy fire of God. Do you see that process? That's what gratitude does. That's why it has to be first. Okay. Number two is balance. Balance, 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 balance. Listen, you have to create balance in your life. You can't, it's not going to happen if you're not mindful of it. That's why you have to avoid mindlessness. You have to avoid mindlessness, inactivity, and fantasizing. It is a condition of the soul. If, if you're unable to turn off your electronics and you're just mindlessly sucked into them, if you're unable to turn off the TV or media, you are not balanced. And this balanced life, I like a couple of scriptures I have for that. It's 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. Are you mindful of that 24-7? He is literally, the Holy Spirit is literally living inside you. However far away you are from being aware of that is how imbalanced you'll be. You are God's expensive purchase. Paid for with tears of blood. So by all means, then use your body to bring glory to God. 1 John 2.15, don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. The, The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. For all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of things of the world, the obsession with status and importance. None of these things come from the Father, but from the world. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away by those who love to do, passing away, but those who love to do the will of God will live forever. So the things of the world are literally passing away. Right now, there's a big show of the enemy. Remember what I said? Right when he's about to kick the bucket, he shows up, right? Remember I tried to teach you the the 21-day cycle of angel battles? All that's happening. you got to become more aware of what's happening supernaturally, right? Remember, we're trying to align with his power. 
So I'm not mine. Say that over yourself. I'm not mine. If I'm a Christian, I've been bought with an expensive price. And so I'm not mine anymore. Right? So we've got to stay connected and abiding with God and a spiritual family to bring balance. Why? Because we would be crazy. We would take the Holy Spirit and we would tell everybody what the Holy Spirit said when people would be like, right? <laughs> Number three, courage. You got to have courage. What is courage? I, f I think courage is the opposite of fear. Faith is not the opposite of fear, in case someone told you that recently. They didn't mean it. Courage is the opposite of fear. Right? What is courage? Do you, do you have courage? Does anybody have courage? What do you have courage to do? Whatever he says. I think that it's the ability to do things that he says to do efficiently and consistently. Because, you know, anybody can do it one time. You know, if, if there was anything written on my little tombstone, I would want it to say that she endured with joy a long time, her whole life. I love, I want, I will say when I die, I served him my whole life. That's what I want. That's what I wanted when I was a little girl. That's what I, that's the decision I made every time a choice came up. Trust me, all those choices that everybody else had, I had them too. You know, when, when I was in high school, you know, they told me I could do all these things to be the greatest player on the earth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, I was, I was bred to be the greatest player in the state of Oklahoma. That's why I was recruited. That was the thing in high school. And... I remember, I mean, my own family, I said, I'm not going to college. And my own sibling said that I was an idiot. Courage. You got to have some courage, right? You got to be able to endure. You got to learn to stay focused on your assignment. Listen, I don't know how many of y'all were raised in a home that said you've got an assignment and it's prophetic. Not pathetic, but prophetic. And if you weren't, and they don't know that about you now, then their words to you are not going to be on your team. And you have to decide how strong you are to hear words of an original statement Versus the words of God's statement. I don't know how strong you are. You might can hang out with them every day and just witness to them every day, but they may take you out for a week, two weeks, every time you talk to them. That's why you have to stay focused on your assignment. See, that's why this generation needs moms and dads. Spiritual parents who will tell them who they are every day, and when they don't do actions that line up with their assignment, they would tell them. Yeah. Don't you wish you'd had that? Yeah. Don't you wish you'd have had a parent that knew what God had put you on the earth for and would have said, son, you are so not doing it right now. Let me help you. 
courage. Are you going to be able to say that as a spiritual parent? As a spiritual leader, are you going to be able to say to somebody, hey, you're not doing it? Remember, you have to discover your life verse. It will take you through every single hardship. If you don't have a life verse, you better get you one because it's connected to your assignment. It's not hard. You just have to read. I propose you're probably not going to find it through Audible. (laughs) And you can't let any distractions persuade you to give up your resources. Listen, if I go into a relationship and I want something out of that relationship, what am I giving up to have it? If I'm giving up my God assignment to be married, one day I'll pay the piper because my God assignment will never leave. And the truth of the relationship of why it was created will shine out one day. See, God won't change his mind. I love it. It's the hound of heaven. Anybody had the hound of heaven? It's unrelenting, isn't it? Isn't it unrelenting? I mean, it's in dreams. It's in people, just random people come and talk to you. It's it's unrelenting. The enemy's favorite tool is distraction. If we don't catch it early enough, it results in spending time and money on useless activities. God, 2 Timothy 1.7, God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. I like the the passion. He said um, that the fear of God prevents us from fearing others. That's how you have courage. Because see, if I do something... I mean, I have to do it every time I talk. I have to say something that I have either knowledge of or a feeling of that somebody in the room is not going to like what I say. Right? And so, I mean, it used to be bro all the time. He didn't like anything I said. Just using him. Right? And so I have to make a choice that here's what the fear of God does for me. I know that when I obey him and I say what he says to say, that that truth will work something in your life when I'm not around anymore. While you're sleeping, while you're talking to Jenny, while you're doing something random. I don't know any Jennies, but, you know, try to think of a name I didn't know. So God gives us courage, not fear, right? Okay, number four is focus. I have to be able to teach myself to soak. Spend time getting restored by the Father. That's my focus. Because, see, He fills me up, and everything that my assignment requires requires giving out of what I've gotten from Him. That's why if you filled your life with a bunch of the world, a bunch of media, a bunch of trivia, a bunch of Mr. Google, Dr. Google, Sister Google, random Google, all the Google. Then when I when I face a problem, my first instinct is go to Google. Right? See, I've got to teach my first instinct, which is focus, because I become what I behold, to go to him in everything. 
Pray without ceasing. Pray in the Spirit. Hebrews 12.2, it says, Focusing our eyes on Jesus, who's the author. What does that mean? And perfecter of faith. That's who Jesus is. The first incentive, this is amplified, the first incentive for our belief in the one who brings our faith to maturity. I think I should focus on the one bringing my faith to maturity, right? Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, authority, and completion of his work. That's focus. Jesus is a great example of focus. Are y'all with me at all? Y'all seem bored. So he taught us how to focus, right? Remember when he was in the garden, he was saying, don't let me die too early, God. Right? I know we all learned it as, oh, don't let me skip out on the cross. No, he was about to die. He was sweating blood. Have you ever sweat blood? That's a lot. That's a heavy duty sweat. Right? He was in so much anxiety, anguish, knowing what he was about to go through. Think about it. He had seen other people crucified on the cross. What if you knew that was your destiny? Naked, right? right. Stabbed through the hand and feet with spikes. That's the kind of death we're doing. We watched, what was that movie we watched the other day? Joan of Arc. Yeah. Burned at the stake. Have you ever seen that movie? Okay, well, if you're a wimpy, don't watch it. I made my wimpies watch it anyway. But listen... <laughs> They were mad at me later, but that's okay because, listen, it was a powerful story of a woman at 19 years old who believed what God said in a a man's world. Trust me, it was in the 1500s, I think. So there's a goal set before us, right? Each individual, what do we have? Our God assignment, right? And so we can't look away from it. We have to do what Jesus did. And we don't want to, we want to pray that prayer. Don't let me pick this other road. Right? Yes. You know, when you're in pain, you're like, anything to get me out. Is anybody like that? Anything? Oh, sad. Anything to get me out, right? No. No, it's I will go through it because he's taking me through it. Isaiah 43 be a good one for you to read. Uh, number five is connection. Listen, if you're going to walk in the prophetic and you're going to be a leader, especially around here, you have to be accountable. Listen, accountability isn't me calling you up and seeing how you're doing. Accountable is you reporting in. Hello. We're not good at that. Orphans aren't good at that. They don't even believe in it. Orphans do not believe in accountability. They believe in independence. Right? Independence is rebellion's secret. Oh, it took you a minute, didn't it? Rebellion has a secret, and it's independence. There will always be rebellion with independence. There will always be growth with accountability. And God made the cool thing about these wonderful spiritual gifts we've been talking about for weeks. They only work in a family. Why? Because he knew you'd need protection. He knew that even with these amazing gifts, you'd go rogue. Have you ever been rogue? Anybody ever been rogue? Were you accountable? Absolutely zero. There's not a person in here 
when you're out roguedness, right? That you're accountable. It was see you were in secret, right? Come on, be honest. The more mature you become, the more accountability you want. Accountability is a sign of maturity. Listen, I don't send out a text. I don't write nothing. I don't go anywhere. I don't make any appointments without at least one, two, three, four, eight people knowing. The more mature you go, because why? I want to be covered. I want to be protected. I want people to know what I'm doing. I want to know people. Everybody knows where I'm at. I want people to know. I want people to know what I'm thinking. I mean, if I'm struggling for five minutes, I got two people that know. Some of y'all don't tell me for five weeks. Hey, you been feeling well? It's been two, three, four, maybe five weeks. Did you call anybody? I mean, no, I knew you was busy. I don't know what I was doing five weeks ago, but I mean, I probably wasn't busy. And why do you care what I was doing? If, if you're going to check in with my schedule, I'm never not busy. Connection. Growth comes through accountability. Six is serving. Find ways to stretch yourself in giving your, of your time and resources. You know, Phil is a great example of this. When, when he first came, I, knew, I met him when he was 17 and he was suicidal. His mom brought him to me, set him down on my couch and said, Can you fix this boy? <laughs> now, it didn't take me long to figure out what the problem was, but that's a whole other story. Right? But when he first came, he was a consumer. Because that's what all orphans do, because there's only one pop. Right? You know, when you come to my house to eat, you know, we had people over. Um, when was that? Was that yesterday? <laughs> it felt like it was 10 years ago. I make sure we have a smorgasbord. Like, right? Because why? We're not orphans. I want them to feel like, oh my gosh, I can't even try everything. I love that feeling. Why? Because I'm a server. I'm an example of serving. Right? And so you've got to be inconvenienced. Can I throw one out here for you? Okay, Cheryl said I could. It's probably not true biblical serving if it's not inconvenient. I know that messes with some of y'all because you haven't stepped into the serving world yet. And listen, serving, I'm going to be teaching about um, love languages. Serving isn't about what you want to do. Serving is about meeting a need of someone else. If you just serve at the level you want to, Right? Anyway, so Phil, he was a consumer, and we would just be like, no, 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 no. Do this, do this, do this. Until it became his idea. Right? I used to have to call him and say, what are you doing today? Oh, nothing. I was just watching a video. I was just getting me some more trivia. That's what he was doing. He was consumed with trivia and videos. And I'd be like, well, you're not doing anything then. So come over here. Go over to that person's house. Go to that person's house. Go do that. Go do that. Go do that. Go do that until it became his idea. Right? I didn't have to say, quit being an orphan. I just taught him to serve. 
And then he begins to say, hey, I think Gwen needs blah, blah, blah. Hey, could I go over to Gwen's and fix blah, blah, blah for her? And we're like, absolutely. She would love that. Hey, I need to put on some stickers on Jackie's car. What was that ever that was a few months ago? And can I do that? Yes, you can do that. Right? Serving. Galatians 6.10, take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Don't do mindless activities in the name of serving. Think ahead what you're going to do with your spare time. Number seven, commitment. Might sound like serving, but it's not. You have to rebuild trust to have commitment. Your soul doesn't want to be committed. Right? Your soul wants to what? Your unredeemed soul, that is. Not your new nature soul, of course, because you're a new creation. Oh, things have passed away and all things are new. (laughs) But that other one, what's he thinking about on his day off? Okay. I don't know what y'all are doing, but listen, it's time to find a commitment and stick to it. Grow your capacity to be committed. I just demonstrated that with serving. It's the same way with commitment. I mean, who do you think's up here changing the toilet paper? Tracy and Ollie, right? Who's up here painting the walls that you got your black soles all over? Muhal, right? It's there's stuff's going on, right? Yeah. It just keeps expanding, right? So see, if I have decided I'm going to be committed, then I look for ways to serve. I look for ways to be committed. If I don't have trust, then I'll think everybody's out to get something from me, yeah. right? Instead of that I was actually planted here to contribute. You have to be able to say that over your heart. I was actually planted here to contribute. Now, see, we're, we've been doing this a long time, you know, just like our Desrim. If you come work for Desrim, the first thing everybody wants to do is come show me everything they can do. And I don't want to know what you can do. I want to know if you can follow. It's the same way here. It's the same principle here. I don't want to know what all you can do. I want to know if you can follow. Right? Because, see, in a culture of honor, you have to prove you're trustworthy. It's not on me to make sure I can trust you. Right? Just like it's not on you to make sure you can trust me. I'm pretty sure if you come to service, unless I'm on my mandatory rest period, (laughs) I'll be here. I may have been here more than 10 years. Am I always here? Yes, because why? I have a commitment, right? I'm committed to train and grow leaders. I'm committed. Everything I do in my life, whether I run my business or the way we run our ministry, it's about building leadership. And leadership has to be committed. You don't want to be a flyby where one week you're like, I'm all in, I'm all in, man, I'm on fire for God, I'm up here, I'm passionate, I'm passionate, and then we don't see you for six months. 
Right? right. Commitment. Colossians 3.14. Listen, I'll just say this. It'll be my last comment, maybe. That commitment actually is a rebuilder of your soul. Wow. Your mind, will, and emotions. Yeah. Right? Because if you're not, if not careful, you'll get saved. You'll have no commitment. And you keep falling away and keep falling away and keep falling away. You don't agree. You don't think, you know, this should be going on up there. You don't, you know, you know, have all this judgment and you just, you just can't have consistency. Commitment creates consistency. Yeah. Colossians 3, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you're doing it for the Lord himself, not for others. That's the secret of my success is I do nothing for people and everything for God. That's what helps me com be committed because I know he's not sleeping. When he wakes me up at night, he's not like going, sorry, I made you get up. He's saying, hey, I need you to intercede. Right now, somebody else is up. I need you to intercede. He's not asking me about my sleep. He can restore my sleep without sleep. <laughs> right? I'm committed to him. And so those are my seven alignment tools for you. Like I said, we're going to be um, talking about them this whole month, okay? And so I just really want to challenge you, you know, even if in your family or you can get together with some other people to talk about places that you personally can come in alignment. Now, this is just seven that I thought of in five minutes. And so you surely could think of some more that you need to align. I'm not trying to act like this is an exclusive list for everyone. I'm just trying to say this is sort of a jump start, but really be asking the Holy Spirit about where you can learn to align things with his power. And when we align with his power, what happens? Listen, I don't know about you, but y'all could talk to the Huffs after service. But I think they're pretty happy that Shudi was pretty passionate and began to lead us into this inner healing prophetic worship tonight. You'll have to go ask them how they're doing. See, you didn't know whether it would have been you tonight, right? God's target was on them, I'm sure, other people. But that's just the way he works. Let's don't judge the way he moves because one day you might need the same thing. And so that alignment with his power is what brought his presence into the room because someone with their breast-colored pants on was aligned with his presence. And he came into the room to do something that hungry hearts wanted him to do. Right? And the other members of the worship team know that, you know, they're good that I didn't talk about them individually. So I'm going to pray over us, okay, before Cheryl comes. So, Papa, I just release the anointing of your presence right now. And we just say as a commitment to you that we want to align our hearts with your power this month. We want to become more aware of ways that we can adjust ourselves because you can't adjust. You can't change yourself. So we need to adjust. So we just say right now with our hearts, with our mind, with our emotions, we choose with our will to change this month, to come in alignment with you. We want to see your presence. We want to see your presence fall. We want to see your healing presence come. We want to have healing and we want restored lives in our own families and abroad, right? In Jesus' name, we believe it. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life Okay. For more information, 
please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay